0: Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that is here for a revolutionary romance, just as Emma Goldman intended.
1: I would like a crossover between Emma Goldman and Teen Vogue, please yes can we be the romance writers for the crossover of emma goldman and teen vogue yes perfect today we have zoe and laura it's a zoe and laura hour for you baby zoe and laura
0: all right the listeners at home can't see but i was just like doing a whole dance
1: to that of course you were cuz it's a fucking slammer jam. That jammer. was a fucking bop. <laughs> it was a fucking bop, bitch. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we thought we'd start off Okay, so this episode we're talking about <laughs> dating advice. <laughs> Woo! (laughs) From Certified Expert. We're the biggest experts you could have ever asked for. But, like, okay, so here's what happened. We have, like, you know, a serious episode coming up for you that requires some very serious and brilliant guests, but they had to reschedule. So, this. You get us, (laughs) dumbasses. So, you get us (laughs) instead. Um, but honestly, I think everyone's excited for this because we got like 40 questions from Twitter. So No, I
0: feel like this is a really highly anticipated episode that like no one fucking asked for, but here it is.
1: Here it is anyway. All right. Yeah. So I do. I I <laughs> like, do know. You know? I, okay. I know. <laughs> okay. So let's start with the Emma Goldman and an Emmy G quote. Here we go. Love, the strongest and deepest element in all life the harbinger of hope, of joy, of ecstasy. Love, the defier of all laws, of all conventions. Love, the freest, the most powerful molder of human destiny.
0: (laughs) Holy shit, (laughs) mom.
1: Girl. (laughs) So we talking romance, baby. Yeah. Also, it should be known that Zoe and I cannot be trusted, but also should be trusted. So take everything we say with a grain of salt, but also. But also hold it as a gospel. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So. Should we just get right
0: into it or.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we should get right into it, but. um... (laughs) We talk about our lives. Yeah, exactly. I think what I would (laughs) say to start is that Zoe and I both identify as queer women. Um, So we will probably answer all y'all's questions from that lens, which like I feel like actually a pretty large majority of our questions came from queer women in particular or queer people who are trans. Okay. Do you want to start with this first one? Um, Yeah, I guess we can just take turns reading the the cues.
0: I have a dating question for you. As a leftist, how do you keep your dating and organized life separate? I feel like I can't date anyone that isn't a leftist. Relatable. But I also don't want to find partners in organizing spaces slash view my meetings as Tinder IRL. Bridging the gap between comrade and love interest is also strange and can be uncomfortable. Also relatable. There are so many reasons it could ruin an org. But is there even any way to separate dating and organizing if you only want to date other leftists? How do you not let it interfere with work and keep it respectful to the organizing space? <laughs> oh. Well, you, you have hit us where it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be
1: clear. We're starting off with a heavy hitter right now. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I feel this because I'm not going to date someone who is not a leftist. Right, of course. But also like, yeah, everything this person is saying is very valid and
1: Relatable. Shit gets weird. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little story. Please do. I was dating a man. (laughs) And... already
0: This is already a really bad story. I know.
1: He and I were (laughs) uh, co-organizing a DSA chapter. And there were some weird shit that went down from that. And I think that, you know, we kind of overcame that. And I guess the ways that I think we overcame that was I had, for me... Um, I had to articulate when it was okay to talk about organizing things because I didn't really want my romance time to also be organizing time. I know that some people like Virgos can handle that, but, (laughs) 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 but not all of us can and, uh, So for me, I thought that, you know, if you are going to organize in the same capacity, maybe set aside specific time that can be taught, like where you speak about organizing things and have different times where like that kind of conversation is maybe like a little off limits. And I know that sounds weird, like you're limiting yourself, but it I think will be kind of freeing in that way because you don't I think what happened, at least for me in that dynamic was. I started to feel guilty if I didn't want to talk about organizing when he did. And that made me feel like a bad leftist, which like the concept of a bad leftist is like very big up for debate. But um, also because Lara's is perfect. But <laughs> OK, no, but <laughs> I just I, I think that there's uh, perfect to me. I appreciate you. There's room- I'm just going to flirt with Lara for this whole episode. Okay, literally someone predicted that what would happen this whole episode is that you and I would flirt with each other the whole time instead of answering questions, which I love. (laughs) That person knew who we were. Okay, we're in love. Yes, of course we are. (laughs) Lauren's my wife. Yes. So I guess what I'm saying is like there's room for self-criticism if someone's kind of putting pressure on you to organize in moments that you feel like you should be relaxing or um, kind of decompressing from the day. And I guess the other thing that I would say is to, has a cautionary tale is sometimes when <clears throat> that happens, if you break up, and I'm not saying that you will, but if you do, shit might get extremely... But there's like statistics to suggest that you probably will. Yeah. So <laughs> I had like our chapter changed drastically since that happened. I don't know. Don't have much more to say about that, but it has. And um. I think that that is just something that maybe is worth figuring out a little bit more uh, in that process, in those conversations, uh, instead of kind of trying to, like, hide it under the rug. Open communication is key here, always.
0: Yeah, I feel like I get in situations when I have slash currently are dating someone that I organize with or, like, I'm in, you know, close organizing, like, quarters because I don't know. It's just stuff that really, like, comes home with you, and I find it easy to, like, especially if that person is a man, after, like, any man at a meeting is, like, shitty to me, I'm just, like, oh,
1: all of you. you yeah, know? I mean, that's extremely
0: real. Like, it becomes hard to separate, and there's a lot of frustrating things about organizing, um, and there's a lot of frustrating things about dating, and I think when you're, like, trying to navigate those at the same time, like, intertwined, it gets, it can get pretty messy. But, I don't want to just say like, oh, yeah, it's messy. And then like, I don't know. Go date libs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) LOL. We got some questions on that, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll get to that. But also, I mean, I've definitely dated other leftists who were not in like the same organizing circles as me or like, yeah, didn't necessarily express their leftism in the same way as me. So that kind of stayed separate. But like we could talk about it if we wanted to, which I think is nice.
1: Yeah, I will say I briefly dated a very rigorous leftist, (laughs) and she, like we, we geographically aren't in the same place, and so that kind of changed things. But I, I think like having conversations about leftism in romantic spaces is complicated and possibly taxing, no matter what's happening, even if. It's not about specifically organizing those spaces, but sometimes it can be really fruitful. I just think it depends on the person, like, where you're at in that time. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these things are going to, like, come up
0: again. Like, these are kind of – Yeah. Let's just move on. A lot of the questions have, like, similar things. So, yeah. We'll go on.
1: So, this next question – Also, wait.
0: Oh. Oh, I was just going to say before we read the question, I know we said we would keep people anonymous. Yeah. I just I'm going to say I have a lot of questions about this person's username.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: I have so many questions and I can't ask them. So reach out if you would like to explain your Twitter name, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So the question is, how should a man navigate dating and left his spaces? And honestly, thank you so much for this question. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, we really appreciate it. Honestly, I'd never thought that I would be more ready for a question than I am for this question. <laughs> Go off, girl. I don't know. Maybe that was a lie. But OK, here's here's the thing. I think that men shouldn't talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I love about
1: Lara is how we just finish each other's sentences <laughs> so far. why we're married. It's fine. So here's the thing. In a leftist space, let me tell you what I would appreciate in a man. Someone who didn't rephrase what I already said to the group uh. as his own thought. Um, someone who um, speaks for literally no reason at all because they just love the sound of their voice and don't need to like actually have a reason for speaking. I, I love talking to men after a meeting, um, but... You know, if someone's giving you cues that they want to leave that conversation, you got to be able to fucking pick up on that shit. Like you'll know if someone is extremely invested in what you're saying. And if you have a feeling that they're not, then maybe like land the plane. If y'all don't know land the plane, that's when you are like talking, yapping your face off. I'm guilty of this. Of course, you've all hear me do this. Um, But you need to then like get to your point and stop talking like that's landing the plane. And it's like
0: sometimes the plane crashes and burns and that's okay too. Just like get out of there.
1: Yeah, just get out. It's okay. (laughs) Just get out of there. Um, and I would say in general, and not everyone would say this, but like maybe let other people come to you. So whether you're interested in whatever gender you're interested in, if you're a man, like know that you have the gender advantage and so you have inherent threats that come with being who you are and that's just how it is whether you like it or not and um I think that allowing space for someone to kind of be flirtatious or make the first move allows you to respond in a more passive way that feels safer to the other person probably
0: yeah I guess I'm wondering like because if you're navigating trying to date what you're doing is attempting to flirt and like do reply guys think that like that? (laughs)
1: Flirting. Here's the thing, though. I realized the other day is like whenever a queer woman is a reply person for me, I'm like, I'm so fucking here for this, and I love this flirtation. But if a man does it, I'm like, I'm literally gonna murder you. And so I sent, yeah, right. So I was gonna say because I sent you that
0: screenshot today because I asked a rhetorical fucking question on Twitter, and this guy just responded this like nonsense solution that didn't help me at all, and I was just like, what do you do, like? Are you trying to get my attention? Because, like, I'm just annoyed. Right.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: like you. Right.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, like, but it's complicated because I'm like, I don't know, are extremely straight girls, like, into the reply guys? I I gotta say no, but, like, why I am I into to it when queer women so. do it? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. It's, it's different. It's just different. <laughs> it is different. Let's move on.
0: Okay. Also, stop replying to any of my tweets. I don't know what more I could say. So- if you're a man, otherwise it depends. Let me, know. <laughs> hit me up. We'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Wow. Another very interesting display name. <laughs> Dear coven dating with a visible disability has always seemed difficult, but even more so in the Tinder era, how can I get over myself and do a better job of presenting my beautiful qualities? In quotes, disability included. In parentheses. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. In parentheses. Question mark. No, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a really good question. I think it's Definitely. interesting to think about how, like, Tinder has changed um,
1: these things. You know, how
0: you're already perceived before you've ever, like, met someone in person.
1: I know. It is really complicated. I mean, like, there's a part of me that's, like... I think part of this question is, you know, how can I get over myself? And I guess what I would say to that specifically is therapy is extremely helpful. I don't know if you are in therapy or not, but for me, I am someone who has had a lot of self-doubt in my life for a myriad of reasons. And one of the things that I mainly work on in therapy is really – thinking through like who I am as a person, what makes me happy and what I can offer and feeling that much more concretely and separately from anyone else's judgment or opinion. And so I do think that that work, which is a continual process forever comes first. Um, And then like, of course there's part of me that's just like seriously, fuck the haters. Like, First of all, OK, OK, this is like a general I don't know the gender of this person, but what I will say is a lot of the friends that I have that are women are, are always like, who are in these men's lives that they're not helping them take good photos of themselves? There are many men on Tinder who just look like they're just taking the worst selfies like it's blurry i don't know there's a lot of like weird shit going on
0: yeah it's true
1: and you need to find a friend who will take hot photos of you that's part of the process um (laughs) i like like yes you might be a professional selfie taker but like Don't fucks with Snapchat. Don't do a filter. Like, just have a friend take a good fucking photo of you, like a friend you trust. I think that's that's definitely part of it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think also don't like give the other person power of being like, oh,
0: like they might not like me because of my disability. It's like you go on there. You have your bomb ass bio, these photos you decide your friend take. And you're like, I'm a fucking catch. Like, yes, this is part of who I am. Like there's a lot of other parts of who
1: I am and like come get it, you know? Yeah. Fuck come yeah. and get it. <laughs> come get it. You heard it come just, first. Just come and get it. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I feel like this next question is a pretty simple answer, but we're gonna go for it anyhow. How do you help your mans be better at sex in a kind and loving way? And then this person who asked me this amended to being like or partner, meaning of any gender. But to be clear, at the beginning, she was talking about a man who is bad at sex. Um, And then she was like, okay, not bad at sex, but just not as good as she would like. Two things that I would personally recommend. Number one, just like fucking tell the person. Just be like, hey. I'm not into that. I know that's really vulnerable. And I know that someone might not hear you. But if someone can't be like, okay, great. What do you like? Um, Then they're not fucking worth your time. I think I would amend that. I think an easy or maybe not
0: amend it. I think an easier way to do it is instead of being like, I don't like that, tell them like what you want them to do. Be like, I really like it when you do this or like,
1: that's if you true. try doing
0: this and because then they feel like you want them to like explore these things with you versus feeling like maybe shut down. Cause you were like, this isn't really great actually. Yeah. You got to like boost them up, but like push them in the right direction.
1: Damn. You're so good. I don't have that tolerance sometimes. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of sexual partners. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the other thing that I would say is, um, if you are,
0: I mean, if they're doing something terrible, be like, stop it. What the fuck? Right. But
1: like, If
0: it's adaptable, just push them in the right direction.
1: Here's all I'll say. When I started dating women or dating people that had vaginas, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I bought books. I fucking bought books. And there's a book called The Whole Lesbian Sex Book. And it's amazing. And it's, I think, made for anyone who's attempting to pleasure a woman. And, um... It's extremely helpful. Like, there's no shame in being like, oh, I fucking had sex with um, cis men for my whole life. Like, let's figure this shit out. Um, And it can be really scary, but it's also really exciting because then when you, like, have success in making your partner feel really good, like, that makes you feel really good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think that's a great answer. Let's move on. All right. On Commitment
0: certainty before commitment versus commitment before certainty what relevance does commitment have in today's world is commitment as much of a factor as it used to be
1: this is really interesting to me though so this was a friend of mine that asked me this question when i was like we're doing this fucking episode give me some questions <laughs> <laughs> um and she was like you know, I feel like our parents generation was much more like into the idea of commitment, even if they were unsure and they would uphold commitment, even in that uncertainty. And she was saying how she and some of her friends will feel like kind of weird that like they don't have that commitment factor because they're still figuring shit out and they like want to know like what their own certainty is before they're willing to commit in those ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it also used to be really different in terms of, you know, the nuclear family and like women often needed a husband financially um, and like, you know, yeah. for health care and all of those things. Um, and like some people still are in relationships for those reasons um, that I know of. I know of people who are like unhappy mm-hmm. in their partnerships, but like can't really leave because they are dependent on their partner for like their health care or. Their income or, you know, all of these factors that are sometimes very hard to have a one person, like a single person household. Um, So I think there's still some of that, but definitely not as much as there used to be. There are like a lot more options for women now.
1: Yeah. Um, But, but he- I don't want
0: to say like that's over because like I know people in those situations yeah, now. Totally.
1: Well, and also I would say like, <laughs> I don't know if this is my opinion, but I feel like Yes, you could be certain, and then that certainty could change. (laughs) So, Oh,
0: yeah, totally.
1: I feel like... Yeah, like, like, what is certainty is really the question. (laughs) So we don't have an answer for you. Moving on. Okay. I love this question. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for this question. The question is, how to slide into someone's DMs? I feel like this is a funny question for us
0: because Laura and I both have interesting relationships to the DM slide.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait, explain what you mean. Okay, hang on. I feel
0: like Laura gets a lot of fucking DM slides. (laughs) Here's the thing. (laughs) And it's great, and I love it. I feel like I get less, but both of us are, like, when it's someone who's, like, well-meaning, not, like, someone being creepy. When it's, like, a good-faith person, like, reaching out to us or, like, trying to, like, forge contact we're both like very friendly and like flattered by it yeah so course. we're like i would say we're grateful to dm unless you're creepy in which case
1: do not message us exactly um yeah i <laughs> i think in in like most cases when it's done re- respectfully it's just flattering so yeah i just think like be kind even if you're just saying like hey i just wanted to let you know i think you're really cute i'm not trying to be creepy like you can even say i mean that's things. never happened to me this is a Lara thing that's what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't know what we're talking about <laughs> okay well this is a very new thing for me but yeah (laughs) i'm i love it maybe it's because i'm always like yeah i'll fucking flirt with all the people on twitter i'll fucking you know it's fun i'll flirt with everyone on twitter it's my favorite yeah
0: i like but if you're like i want to slide in this person's dms i don't want to just be like hey you're cute because that like might be awkward Mm -hmm. um i like when people just like send me something funny like if you're like following someone and trying to slide into their dms you like know their sense of humor probably because you're reading all their tweets right so when people like see something that they're like oh this is funny and this is like zoe's sense of humor and they
1: dm it to me i'm like i mean yeah shall we go on yeah let's move on okay so this person says i need advice dear zoe and laura (laughs) need advice on the dating episode I'm a freshman in college and I've been hanging out with this amazing girl and we just watch movies and get high and go to campus socialist meetings I like being her friend and also we've had sex (laughs) I don't really want to have a girlfriend but I also want her to understand how much I value her and don't want her to think I'm using her or anything like that precious I read this one earlier and was just like I really like this Here's the thing, just fucking say that to her because both Zoe and I just literally melted reading that because it's like, wow, honestly, I don't want a relationship either. But like that doesn't mean that I'm just like only here for vapid sex. I like see the beauty in whoever, you know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've also had a lot of situations of someone who
0: like I was friendly with and like we did not want to be like dating each other, but like we had like a good report poor and then we would hook up and it was like nice and fun and like respectful like as long as the person's respectful towards me I don't really like you know that's not like the most important thing and like especially I think this person is a man is yeah. that fair to say yeah I also think there's like this kind of cliche tendency of men to assume like women always want the relationship right without asking and it's like Don't assume that. I've also had situations where, like, a dude after hooking up a couple times has been like, oh, like, I just know I can't give you what you want. And I'm like, you've never asked me what I want. So, like, how do you fucking know that? You don't. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not trying to date you either.
1: Right. Well, the other thing I (laughs) will say as the caveat um, is Zoe and I are fire signs, which means we are, like, the quintessential people for friends with benefits situations. Oh, yeah. That's true. Like – so um, take this with
0: a grain of salt. Yeah, you
1: got to take it with a grain of salt because depending on who this person is, they might be very different. Like fire signs, if you're a fire sign, this will probably be a good situation for you. Fire signs are able to like love really intensely, but that not necessarily be a long lasting thing. It can be temporary. It can be quick. It can be one of many. Um, and it's just good to keep that in mind. You know, astrology is real.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I agree with Lori. You should like basically just tell her what you said to us. Like, she's amazing. You guys sound like you're having a lot of fun together. Yeah. Just just talk it out.
1: Yeah. All also, they right, gotta-
0: said they're like, yeah, they're freshmen in college. Like, you're right. good. Yeah, you're fucking fine. You're, doing great. <laughs> you're good. You're doing great, sweetie. Keep listening to the podcast. Yeah.
1: This person asked, this is a very particular and depends on the person, but I basically want to know how to educate or influence someone you're dating with or defend your political ideology in a conversation. It's a lot of work to explain political theory. And to be honest, I don't know everything. He's anti-capitalist, but an engineer nerd and just doesn't assume a lot of political content, a.k.a. a lib. <laughs> well, if he's anti-capitalist, he's like at least more on the left. Like a left lib. Yeah. <clears throat> How can I radicalize my boo and avoid sitting on the curb at 1 a.m. drunk as fuck fighting about Thomas Jefferson? First of all, stop listening to the Hamilton musical. How do I get my beautiful <laughs> punk boyfriend to stop reading Washington Post? Well, first of all, threaten him. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. No. Um,
0: uh, I don't know because I honestly don't think I could date a lib. Like, I don't – I I like having, like – political and, like, theoretical discussions with the person I'm dating. But I don't like it when it's, like, and I had this before in a relationship where it was kind of actually sounds pretty similar. um, And it would be, like, I was, like, teaching him these things and, like, oh, why don't you read this? Like, what about this? Mm -hmm. But I didn't really feel like I was getting anything out of that because I was just, like, way fucking smarter than him. Yeah. And, like, that, I don't know. It's fun when it's someone who, like, you both are bringing that and you're, like, pushing each other Expanding your minds. So I I feel like after having done that, I wouldn't do that again. Like, I don't foresee myself dating a lib.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this in some ways, though, also goes back to the question of, like, how do you organize in spaces? Because I think mm-hmm. in some ways, you're actually the organizer in this situation. And I think that, like, you – can have maybe set aside times where you talk about political things because, yeah, it's a lot of emotional and um, intellectual labor to have to educate people on this stuff. But at the same time, something I always try to remind my leftist friends is that, at least if you were like me, we all started out not leftist because we live in this fucking society and everything is set up to really obscure that reality. So I think as much as it's painful, if you do really care about this person, patience is really good and you can have times where you're like, hey, I read this um, short article about why climate change is directly linked to capitalism. And here's this person in The Washington Post that was fighting against it. And here's why I think that that's really fucked up and why I would appreciate it if you didn't read the Washington Post anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like, I think that you can, again, like set aside times where you're having those conversations, but make sure it's to a limited extent so that you don't get exhausted by that. And maybe like then take politics off the table sometimes in conversation so you don't feel like on edge that you're going to have to like defend your leftism in some way. I'm just looking at the emojis. I would like to read the emojis that were at the end of this post, yeah. which is like the wah
0: emoji, a rose, puking, poop, upside-down smiley face, octopus
1: or squid, and then pink flower. Yes. I feel like that really sums it up, actually. It really does. All right. Okay. <laughs> so this next one is, how do you challenge oppressive behaviors in a relationship without alienating your partner? There's so much to, like, unlearn of, like, oppressive
0: behaviors I think especially when it comes to dating um because we all grow up watching the same like tv and movies that have like these super harmful portrayals of like what a relationship will look like um and I don't know I mean I feel like I grew up without seeing very many like uh examples of what a healthy relationship would look like and I'm only like more recently in my life trying to figure out like what that means for me and like what I want out of dating in general and like how to avoid like the oppressive behaviors that come up so easily. Yeah. But I also think like pointing out to someone that doesn't think they're doing it like, Oh, you're, you know, doing this thing. That's actually like, you know, a really like toxic behavior or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. then that can be like really hurtful because they feel like they're trying so hard. And it's like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to tell you, but it, it's hard. Yeah. Of course it's Got hard. emotional over that one.
1: Yeah, I think it's good to be receptive to criticism in general, which is something that I personally work on. But it's also important to, when you're speaking about it, you know, use those tactics that, you know, are kind of... Use I statements. It's therapy 101, exactly. Like, use I statements. Don't be like, you did this thing. Maybe be like, hey, I felt really upset when this happened because I think that keeping it in that is extremely crucial towards people like actually being able to hear and communicate well with what you're saying
0: yeah yeah I'll also often put it in like terms of like I felt this way because in the past like I have experienced these things and so like that is upsetting to me and like it shows how they're kind of fitting into that pattern without being like you did this thing wrong right it's like yeah yeah totally um, okay. Can a centrist man date a democratic socialist female? Um, I'll read the whole thing, but I want to address that part. How does one even start a conversation for a friend? Okay. I want to address this. Can a, a centrist man date a democratic socialist female? Uh, can I answer this? The thing about centrist men or cent- centrist at all is like, they don't support your rights. So like, how can you date them? Yeah, don't do that. Like, I'm not going to date a man that's like, oh, like, maybe abortion's important, but like, also both sides. Like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Climate change could be real. Who's to say? That's my impersonation of centrist is just like, oh, maybe.
1: I don't know. Everyone's right. Uh. I mean, just don't date a centrist.
0: Yeah. Just just fucking don't. Like, would you want to date Joe Biden? No. OK. <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah so the next question is how to deal with queer bed death lol but also seriously um we
1: appreciate this question
0: (laughs) so bed death essentially in case anyone doesn't know um is when your relationship gets to the point where you're so comfortable with each other everything's great you love hanging out but it just the sex kind of diminishes yeah so how to deal with that (laughs)
1: I think there's a few potential things. Um, One thing that comes to mind is like approaching the topic of opening your relationship. um, If that's something that you are interested in or open to. Mm. (laughs) Because it is a really nice way to keep things spicy, but also not put pressure on your primary partner. Um, Because I know for me... um, That if someone were to approach me and at like, well, first of all, I grew up Catholic, so take this with a grain of salt, but make me feel any (laughs) sort of guilt for not having sex as regularly as that other person would want to, I would internalize that and like start to shut down. Um, and that's not fair to the other person. And that's definitely related to my past traumas and like being pressured in major ways for long periods of time. Um. But I do think that approaching it more as like, hey, I was thinking maybe we could do this instead of like thinking about it in terms of like, hey, it's not enough. Like try to almost do like it kind of the uh, simile to what or not simile, the analogy to what Zoe was saying earlier when she was like, you know, express what you would like rather than say what you don't like.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, oh, that's right. Something else.
0: Oh yeah. Um, just going off what Laura said because surprisingly, I don't think we really got questions about like non-monogamy, um, or open relationships. Maybe we did. We haven't gotten to any yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's totally okay to not feel like one person is enough to satisfy all of your needs in all of the ways in which we have needs.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> which like. Isn't really a realistic expectation of another human being. Like, I don't feel like I can fulfill someone else's like (laughs) every need because I also have all of my own. Yeah. Um. So, and I mean, and some people like monogamy is for them, and also that's cool. You feel like that is the role for you. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I think just like understanding that that's an okay thing to explore and like to talk about with your partner, like. I know it's not fair to expect, like, you to be on the same page with me all the time about these things. But, like, maybe there are other options for us. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I guess my other advice would be, like, try some kinky shit. that can be fun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, like, spice it up. Think about, like, I like to talk to, like, people... That I've been like seeing or whatever and be like what are your fantasies like what do you think about what do you like and then like I don't know maybe we can explore maybe
1: that'll help maybe not I don't know do whatever you want yeah thank you next thank you next (laughs) how do you handle rejection kindly when you ask out a fellow communist queer pal and don't want it to be weird after great question Mm. extremely good question
0: I mean, rejection fucking sucks.
1: It's so hard. But here's the thing that I think about. And again, take my fire sign ass with a grain of salt. I know. We're just like, well, fuck everyone. Yeah. I'm just like, if, <laughs> if you get rejected, just like you're like for me, I'm just like, cool. Why would I ever want to be with someone who didn't want to be with me? Don't like think about it too much be like well that person is awesome I'm glad maybe I can still be their friend happy to be their friend and then find yourself a new crush because I think sometimes it's easier to just be like cool I'm gonna direct that attention I was directing at that person which was rejected onto someone else
0: yep (laughs) yeah in terms of not wanting it to be weird after um I mean, I guess without having a specific scenario, I don't totally know. Like, I would probably just act like nothing ever happened. Yeah. (laughs) That's just me. I have
1: severe social anxiety, so
0: I would just pretend that nothing ever happened.
1: I do the opposite. I, like, generally (laughs) over-communicate, and I would just face it head on, and I'd be like, Hey, so I just want to let you know, like, I just really appreciate you as a friend and i don't want to make this awkward and so thank you so much for being honest with me and you know i hope we can continue to organize and like be friends in this situation mm, that's good too <laughs> i am notoriously extremely honest in these situations i don't know some people are like very appreciative of it and some people are not so you know yeah yeah
0: No, I mean, I think communication is always key, but when I'm rejected, I'm just like, I can't deal with this. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Okay. So this one is from a very dear friend who after we, she saw her post asking for questions and she was like, Hey, I actually really need to ask your advice on something, but I didn't want to take up that space. And I was like, first of all, take up that fucking space. But also we had like a long conversation before this, but here's her question. So I think my question is like when, th- when, when what seems to be a budding relationship is long distance or otherwise non-traditional, the quote unquote steps you would normally take or cues that things are progressing can look so different. So how can you know when to take certain cues as signs of progressing to the next step? I don't know if that makes sense. And then there's a continuation slash car- clarification. When you're in person, you can sense certain things differently based on the amount of time spent together or general intimate physical cues or, like, vibes. When you don't have that opportunity to feel it out in person um, but it seems just as legitimate, how do you negotiate that?
1: Hmm, interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Okay. So especially, I don't know, this person's sexuality, whatever, whatever. I think it can... She's a queer lady too. Queer ladies. Uh, queer ladies. <laughs> like unique. all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I think that particularly in queer relationships, there's like a higher number of long distance things that happen. So I think there's like two approaches you can take. Um I have been in a few situations uh where I've been in like long distance crushes situationships with people or whatever um and it's it's impossible to tell honestly what the in life situation like in human form situation will be like um you know I had one situation or someone flew to visit me for a weekend and it was really awesome and fun and we got along but also like we realized like a very severe incompatibility that like wouldn't be able to be overcome and so that was something that we found out in person and then there was another situation where I went to go visit someone that I had a crush on and it ended up not being exactly what we thought it was um and so that's always the risk I feel like you get into but also (laughs) You know, I feel like the other risk is if you're not in person, you're not going to know or at least it's going to prolong the process of knowing. Um, And so if you're feeling a sense of urgency about knowing where you stand with this person, um, I think that you need to communicate that like you need some sort of like actual physical connection. Yeah. No, that
0: definitely makes sense. And I mean, knowing this situation because it is one of my
1: dearest friends.
0: Um, it, like, they originally met in person, but have not seen each other because of geographical, uh, locations being very far apart since, like, July, so, um, and it was, like, they had a pretty brief window of being in the same place in which they met, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's valid, like, there are really different cues of that type of thing than with, like, in person, when it's, like, You go on this many dates and then like and then this happens. And then by this time,
1: you probably have like made these like relationship milestones. Yeah. And I think like either way, if you've gotten to a certain level of respect with another person, even if it's like a risky situation, you can hopefully count on the fact that y'all are going to be respectful to each other and it won't be something that's like a horribly terrible experience. Yeah. Also,
0: like, she was just basically asking me if she should go for it or not earlier. And I was like, I mean, yeah, just
1: fucking go for it. Like, yeah, we're it's 2019. We're only playing it hot.
0: Exactly. Even like with Laura's stories being here for all of it. I'm just like, but at least you fucking went for it. And then, you know, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, that stuff can also be really hard sometimes. But better to know. Yeah. Is what I think true I'm Sag and I like to ruin my own life sometimes same as an Aries (laughs) and sometimes you just need to throw it all out there
1: yes (laughs) absolutely so our next question is how do you live leftist values in planning a wedding or dealing with not leftist family or society I actually love this question because I hate the idea of marriage in so many ways but mm-hmm. I also love all my friends and they're in so many fucking places and I would love to throw a massive party where I could bring all of my friends together for like this one reason. And and that
0: reason is love.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lest I read another Emma Goldman quote, it's like a powerful fucking thing. And yeah. But she does also critique the institution of marriage. And I do think that there's a lot of validity to that as well, because it's something that's upheld by church and state and doesn't actually have anything to do with like the the love that you have for another person. But at the same time, as a person who would love to have a fucking rowdy ass party with me and everyone I know and love, I think that there are ways to do it. Also where you don't just, like, ruin your fucking family. Like, I feel like if I, I don't know. I think there's some battles that you want to pick and there's some that you don't. And if, like, you could do a chill wedding that's, like, tasteful and not, like, flying every person you know somewhere obscure uh, and that, like, you could do it in a way that was meaningful for you. Because all of our parents live in, like, this world where marriage is so fucking important, you're also going to make a lot of people happy. And sometimes life is just like hard and that makes it slightly easier. At the same time, you don't want to do things for other people if they suck and have done bad things to you. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like sometimes if you want to have the party, you can just have the fucking party.
0: Yeah. Also like who needs fucking biblical quotes, just like read Emma a Goldman at your wedding. Yes. Like I was a bridesmaid um, two or three years ago for my friend. And it was, like, a secular ceremony. It was just, like, an ordained person from the venue did the ceremony. And we were doing the rehearsal night. So, like, I'm up there, you know, chilling next to the bride, as you do as a bridesmaid. Right. And I guess I never really, like, listened that close to any other wedding I've been to. Or it wasn't the same. I'm not sure. But the, like, she was walked down the aisle by her dad. And then the ordained person was like, so who gives this woman to this man? And the dad had to be like, I do. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I'm so uncomfortable. Right. Like, what a line. Yeah. I think my like everyone's like tearing up and I'm just like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't get married in a church. Don't get just like, don't have your dad give you away. Oh,
0: don't like, do the things where, it's like, so the creepy. dads... It's so creepy.
1: The, the if you're in a hetero relationship, if the woman's family pays for, like, that's... I don't know. Don't do dowry weird shit. I don't know. Don't do that yeah. shit. Yeah. But I feel yeah, like you I mean, can fucking like do it. People. You can get some fucking wildflowers and, like, wear a goddamn... Like, honestly, my ideal wedding outfit would be a, like black black bandeau lace thing crop top situation with like a tight ass blazer over top of it. Oh my god, yes.
0: High-waisted pants.
1: Like I would lo- I am going to be such a cute gay bride. <laughs> yeah, my bride. Currently taking offers. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> what you're what we're wives. Yes, and you're also dating a man and I'm not. <laughs> we can still get married okay
0: here for um it. but regardless like if i ever get married i'm gonna wear a black dress like a goth icon's not showing up to her wedding in white I lmao <laughs> i love you so much <laughs> me a goth icon will not be wearing white to my wedding that i probably won't have because i don't think i want one thank you with
1: l- <clears throat> literally the like fanciest choker there ever was. Oh fuck yeah! Fuck yeah!
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I love going to weddings. I think they're really fun. I like an open bar. I like free food. I like dancing with my pals. Yeah. Um, I love going to weddings. I probably don't want one. Who's to say though? Really?
1: Yeah. Okay, Laura, truth or dare? <laughs> I just realized, like, how are we gonna do dare, though? <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. All right, dare. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs>
0: um, can I like dare you to call a crush on air? All right,
1: call them right now. All right, all right, hold on. Okay. Oh my god, it's happening! Hey. Hi. Um. I'm in a room with people. Just great. For you. No problem. Um, I'm recording season of the bitch and I was dared to call my crush. Wow. Am I on air? Yeah. Yeah, bitch. That's, that's very funny and very cute. Yeah. Thank you so much for understanding, um, the task that I had to do. Yeah, that's a heavy task. It is a heavy task. Okay, love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Alicia. (laughs) Amazing. I feel like I could have done that with Hannah also, and she would have understood, but I'm so glad that it was Alicia. No, that was great. (laughs) Okay. Zoe, truth or dare? I feel like I have to go truth, right? I mean you do you. If you had no rules and could say exactly what you wanted to say to a crush and it can't be a crush that you're in a relationship with. Just like a rando. But like what would like if you could just like be the sexiest you could be, like what would you be saying?
0: (laughs) Oh no you don't have to answer this <laughs> um, I don't know if I have an answer
1: I don't I just was I don't know where it came from
0: like what would I say to a crush hey how's it going
1: what up baby
0: what up <laughs> Um, I mean we haven't talked about sexting like I love sexting mm.
1: it's fun yeah fuck yeah this doesn't really answer the question though
0: like I wouldn't like randomly start sexting. It's like you got to build that rapport. Right.
1: Right, you don't go from 0 to sexting.
0: No, absolutely not. It's happened before. It's it's not really chill at
1: all. Yeah, don't don't fucking do that. <laughs> always 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 ask. Yeah. Write out, "Hey, is it okay if I send you this picture and describe it?" <sighs> <laughs> Oh no. Okay. This episode honestly felt more like a personal attack on both of us than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Alicia just texted me. I am honored to be your on air crush. Thank you so much. Aww. Aww. That's adorable. She's the best. But in any case. All right. So thank you so much for sticking with us through all of that. This was uh zoe and laura hour on commenting on your love life <laughs> yep um you didn't ask for it but you received it hope we delivered if we have offended any of the people we've ever dated before i don't want to quote chicago but like maybe you had it coming i don't know
0: <laughs> oh shit i did that song at
1: karaoke last week oh fuck yeah i mean also Honestly, i love that song it's course. just about men who got murdered and. In- honestly deserved it (laughs) but also like in in a real way we are not here to hurt anyone (laughs) no and we hope that this has been helpful and not hurtful (laughs) and if we didn't get to your question it wasn't personal honestly we did not expect to get this many questions yeah we got so many freaking questions good luck to all of you honestly you're you're doing the most by just putting yourself out there
0: If any of our advice brings you any
1: good, please let us
0: know. If our advice destroys your life, well, you, uh, (laughs) well, we're not liable.
1: (laughs) Not liable for heartache, baby. Nope. No liabilities here. (laughs) All right. Well, we love you so much. As always, just holler at your girls at Season of the Bee. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, the whole gambit. Um. That's how people. Wait, is it gambit or gamut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Wait, no. I I'm not trying. Like, I'm not <laughs> trying to correct you. I'm honestly wondering.
0: Like, is gambit? Am I like? I, I think don't know. It's
1: gambit. Okay. Are you looking it up?
0: No, but I can. <laughs> Are they two different words? I thought it was gamut, but now I'm like, am I? I don't know. I found gamut versus gambit. So, they're two words spelled similarly and pronounced similarly. Eas- they're easily confused words. Um, okay, wh- wow. What is the difference? I feel so
1: validated because we were so okay. easily confused.
0: Gamut refers to the full scope of something, the entire range of something. Gamut also has a musical definition. Okay, don't really care right now. Where's gamut? Gambit is a risky opening action or comment that is designed to put one at an advantage. The word gambit is derived from the Italian word gambetto, gambetto, which means tripping up. Originally, the word gambit was first used to describe an opening move in the game of chess where a pawn is sacrificed in order to gain a more advantageous position on the chessboard. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. And you didn't know you were getting a vocal blessing today, did you, bitches?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
0: well, now that that's cleared up. Sorry, I really was not trying to correct you. I just was like, wait, is that a word? Am I wrong? Honestly, I we
1: all learned something today.
0: <laughs> we have all learned things today. This is a,
1: one of our most educational episodes, I think. Truly. Yeah. So you can also email us at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Order some merch at seasonofthebee.com. You can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and you can slide us your motherfucking dollars on Patreon. Please do.
0: If we just, like, saved your life, like, give us your money, dude.
1: What was that? What was all that advice worth? Priceless, you say? No, we still live in capitalist hell. (laughs) If we ruined your life, honestly, still pay us though. We tried. <laughs> and if you want to hear more of us talking about your lives, you can tune in to our Patreon only content, <gasps> Roasted, our that was astrological a series. Tradition. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. That's it. <laughs> An astrological
0: series where we roast your chart.
1: You fucking roast your asses. Hell yeah. Okay, love you. <laughs> Alright, well that, that's all we got. <laughs> love you. you
0: love you, Laura. Love Bye you, Zoe. Bye. Bye. Season
1: of the bitch.